All right, I'll just get into it. Oh, let's do, I don't know. Maybe I should ask you a question. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> how, <laughs> how do we start an maybe. episode of this? <laughs> well, Greg, tell us about your uh, PlayStation 5. So I have secured an order, <laughs> but that didn't go well, you don't think? I'm sorry. I, I was going to say another word, your PlayStation 5 something, and, then <laughs> and you didn't. Sorry. This should just be the intro. Uh, yeah. Okay. Tell us about your PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah. So I've been able to secure an order for a PlayStation 5. I don't have the actual PlayStation in my possession. So as far as I'm concerned, I still don't own a PlayStation 5. But I was able to order it through a stock drop directly from Sony. And I ordered it on Friday night. And okay. And on, in the Eastern time zone of the United States. So I didn't have... Uh, I didn't have expectation that it would arrive particularly quickly, given the time of year it is and everything. But yeah. uh, this gets into what I'm going to call Greg's gripes. So this may be a recurring section on the pod. We'll see. But Greg's gripes. Great. And uh, I'm going to stop talking about the PS5 specifically because I can't really say anything outside of the fact that I was able to secure an order. I got very lucky. That's the story. I got on the website at the right okay. time and was given a random spot in line that ended up being really advantageous. Yeah, what is a stock drop? So Do the they way email you? No. They, well, they might, but the way I found out about it was through Twitter. I follow a... Okay twitter account that is announces when stock is available at different retailers and sony has changed their system up since launch to try to improve it for customers which i think is a good thing but what they've done in particular is when they announce stock or they say hey we have playstations for sale that you can buy they do so in a way where they they announce it 30 or 40 minutes prior to actually opening up their website. So once they start, they have this okay. countdown timer and you can't actually get to the Sony website. You hit this queue every time and it says, you know, we're building a queue. Like the queue is forming to get on the website and you will be able to do so in 30 minutes. And once you have, once you are given access to the site, you have 10 minutes on it to do whatever it is you want to do. And when you're in the queue, that doesn't give you a position in line. So it's a bit of a like false description. What it really is is just a holding pen. So they call okay. it a queue, like on the website, it's like the queue, but you're not in yeah. any order until the website opens. And they explain this in the instructions. So you're really just in purgatory. You're just waiting. And when the time when the timer and then hits, you're randomly chosen. Exactly. When the timer hits zero, you're okay. given a random position in line. And what does that matter for? So everybody gets ten minutes on the site, but the first you want to be people or is the people who got so they limp lottery it'll be the first it'll be the people who are selected to go first into the website from the lottery and to be to participate in the lottery you needed to be in the queue but when you when i think of a queue i'm thinking of a line like you're in front of me i'm behind so you're not all moving from the queue into the store at the same time people are released in waves okay yeah so when the timer hits zero you can see something's happening on the back end because it takes a web takes the website a minute or two to really refresh and present you mm. like a new page. But what's happening there, according to the instructions, is everybody that was in the queue slash holding pen slash purgatory, whatever you want to call it, 
you are being assigned yeah. a random position in the actual queue that's going to get on the website. And you want to be in the front of that line because if you have access to the website, you can place an order and they only have so many PlayStations available. And eventually, they if you mm-hmm. do not have a good position in line, if you're unlucky, um, which most people are, there is a message on the webpage and it will be updating and it will say, we still have stock of PlayStation 5s. We still have stock of PlayStation 5s. Eventually, that message changed changes and says we are out of stock for today and we are working hard to replenish stock so you know come back later naturally so on friday night i saw a tweet come across that was you know queue up basically the website's starting a queue Mm -hmm. and uh so i jumped in the tweet from sony no it was from this like ps5 stock alerts twitter Mm -hmm. feed so I jumped in line, and I waited, and once the timer hit zero, I just, like, stared at my computer screen intently, waiting to find out if I had had gotten a good spot in line, and uh, as the page refreshed, at first it said, you have over an hour till you're allowed to access the website, and that's normally, like, you're done. Like, if your timer says that, you're not far enough, you're not Mm. close enough to the front of the line to, to get a PlayStation. Yeah. But I waited it out and I was like, well, maybe this is just like the initial, like it's initializing still and I might still have a good spot. I just need to give it a minute. And a couple minutes later, mm-hmm. it updated and said, you're 20 minutes from accessing the website. And I was like, oh man, this could uh, be like, I this is a great spot. Like I might actually get this. And we had, yeah. I don't know, four devices up, two different computers and two different phones trying to get access to the website. Uh, so like one <laughs> of the four devices got a good spot in line. And, uh, so I just waited and waited. Eventually I was given access to the website. And when I got to it, the page I was trying to go to was the digital version of the console and it had sold out already. That's the one that doesn't have a disc drive. Correct. Okay. Correct. So when I actually got into the website, the first thing I saw was sold out. And I was like, what? How's that? What is, why does that say sold out? And then I realized like, oh, I need to go to the other web page that's for the non-digital like standard PlayStation. So I did that and I saw that they had stock. So I decided to get the disc version of the PlayStation 5, even though that's not what I really wanted. I wanted to have it now uh, versus waiting. (laughs) The disc drive one is slightly more expensive, right? Which is actually a little confusing to me. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's $100 more. A hundred dollars more, which is not insignificant, and certainly not how much it costs yeah. for them to put a disc drive in it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I've seen rumors yeah, of funny. of people saying Sony is intentionally producing more disc versions than digital versions right now because they know there are people yeah. like me out there who are willing to. People will pay whatever. Yep. They should just increase the price. This is, I mean, you don't have to play the game with like <laughs> which model do you make. Just increase the prices. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. 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 So. That's like the saga of how I secured the order. But now I really want to get to the Greg's gripes part of this. Me too, Greg. Me too. (laughs) So my gripe is about bad delivery practices. So Mm -hmm. I got to preface all of this griping that with the fact that I know this isn't a big deal. I know it's not a big deal. Okay. (laughs) This, (laughs) This is me complaining about something I understand is not a big deal. There are so many more yes. pressing matters in the world, and given the circumstances <laughs> of everything, 
I understand why my order, my package would be delayed. Okay. Excellent. So I just got to preface all that. Greg. Yes. Good disclaimer. (laughs) I don't want people thinking I'm a jerk on the internet, I guess, (laughs) or that, you know, I'm not like that. I'm so that I'm oblivious to the struggles of humanity. No, I mean, we just have so many listeners. I mean, surely someone would misinterpret it. You're right. That's the problem. (laughs) This could be on here for, you know, we might be famous in a hundred years, Ethan. And I don't want people in a hundred years to <laughs> still think was... famous in a hundred years. You mean? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the right way to think about it. Um, <laughs> so with all that said, I ordered the PlayStation on Friday night and I knew that it was really unlikely that I would get it, uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I ordered it from the website, it said two day delivery, which I knew was unrealistic. So I was like, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's that's likely not. What's the shipping service? Can I ask? I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get okay. there. So I didn't know at first. It just said two day shipping. So mm-hmm. uh, I sit and I wait uh, patiently for the order, like the tracking number for my order, to come through my email, and it does. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it does like I don't know, twelve hours later. And so I click through the link, and it brings me to FedEx's website. And FedEx okay. says. We're going to deliver your package on Sunday, December 20th. And I'm like, uh, uh, yes. I really don't believe you. Like, I'm not believing you. That just seems really <laughs> unrealistic, FedEx. Wait, so you're looking at this on Saturday, did you say? It was on Saturday, yes. Okay. So the first notification said that my package had arrived in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then the second notification on my tracking said it had arrived in Perrysburg, Ohio, which Perrysburg is like 20 minutes from where I live. It's very, very close. Yeah. Yeah. So this package landed, I think, I guess late Saturday, early Sunday morning uh, in Perrysburg. And I go, Mm. well, damn, FedEx, like you might pull this off. Like it's already 20 minutes from my house. (laughs) It's going to be impressed. And today's the 20th. So... So on Sunday, I have to stay home all day, and that's because this package requires a signature. So I'm not sure if I said that. Very frustrating. Yes, which is a good idea. You know, this is valuable cargo. Uh, I want to make sure I receive it. So I'm like, okay, Mm. I'm not going anywhere Sunday, which I wasn't planning on going anywhere anyways because of coronavirus. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, going to wait around all Sunday for this FedEx package. And I am incessantly checking the website to understand when I should expect the delivery, which it never updates with any useful information. It simply says, your package was put on a truck at 4 a.m. Like, okay. I know. Ah. And so. I know how this goes. And about, yeah, you might know the punchline here. I'm going to guess it was like 5 p.m. So I've been waiting around like all day for this thing. Um, I checked the Mm -hmm. website and it says, delivery exception. Customer or business not available to accept package. And that's it. It says, we'll oh, try okay. again now next business day. And <laughs> FedEx never tried to deliver this package, period. Yeah. I have been home all day. I've been home. Even if yeah. there was no coronavirus, I would have been here all day. There's zero excuse. <laughs> so they just straight up lied, said they tried to deliver this package, and they didn't. And that is my gripe. <laughs> that is, is infuriating. The, this yeah. is the bad delivery. This is the bad delivery practices I'm talking about. Look, 
has already said, I know this isn't a big deal. However, it annoys me to no end because one, I could have done stuff yesterday. <laughs> I could have been productive, like outside the house. Yeah. I have some errands I could have run, but I didn't because I wanted to be here. And then the other thing is, I understand that you weren't able to get the package here in the time frame that you specified. In fact, it sounded unrealistic from the very beginning. <laughs> Just be yeah. honest and say that it's not yeah, going to come. Don't blame me. <laughs> don't blame me. Exactly. Yeah. You're making this out like I'm the weak link in this delivery <laughs> chain. And that is not at all true. You didn't even try <laughs> to deliver this package. <laughs> so it's really yeah. like insulting I've, <laughs> that they would say, oh, you're I've not heard this one. gripe from others. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never had it happen, but I've definitely heard this gripe from others. And uh, to me, it's like, it just doesn't count unless they tried to call you. I know they exactly. probably don't have your phone number, but like the whole system is insanity. Yeah. It's like ringing your doorbell just doesn't work. People do things in their house like vacuuming or listening to things. You know, you can't you can't get people that way. You need a contact method. Mm-hmm. The whole system of shipping and being like, well, you get 30 seconds to come to the door. And that's is it, not, yes. you know, that's just not a good idea in the first place. Right. Totally agree. Yeah. And they do Signatures have my phone. They have my phone number. They have it. They just didn't call me. Yeah, that's what they probably do. Actually, it's not that yeah. they, they didn't call me because they never tried to deliver the package because I don't think it ever left the facility. <laughs> they, yeah, because yeah, you never get the out for delivery notification. It says scheduled delivery Monday, 1221 and by end of day. And it's still I'm looking at the website and it says it's on a FedEx vehicle for delivery at 418 a.m. in Perrysburg, Ohio. Like I already said, I live 20 minutes from there. So I've been half tempted to try to call them and say, take my package off the truck. I'm coming. But yes, I don't think that that's going to get me anywhere. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was not just up to date. Like I wouldn't be surprised if today there actually is a truck somewhere in Toledo with my package on it. That's going to arrive here at some point. So that's my gripe. FedEx, just be honest, dude. Like, you didn't try to del- deliver the package. Don't blame me. You should have just adjusted the, what you said the expected delivery day was. Uh, and also, I might have to interrupt our call at some point if I hear a buzz through my apartment's <laughs> intercom. And I, I will assume. be sprinting. Because today is Monday. <laughs> right. Yeah, listeners will know, but today is the, the day after December 20th. Yes. Yeah, so. I, may I add to Greg's gripes? Yeah, of course. Of course. I have a related gripe. Okay. So... Uh, I, uh, I order roasted coffee from this coffee shop in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, which is uh, roughly where Erie is in Pennsylvania. So Northwest. Um, and I live in Chicago, so it usually takes maybe like three days to get the coffee. But part of the thing about buying roasted coffee is if you're into coffee, you want it within about three days. That's usually like peak freshness. And from there it kind of degrades. Um, so, you know, three or four days is fine. I'll take that. And I am very sensitive to delivery times for that reason, but also because I try to time my coffee consumption such that I am running out of coffee, order some, so it arrives just as I run out of the first. I get this wrong sometimes, and I have a day where I don't have any coffee at home, or I have too much, but mostly I'm, like, pretty on track. And so I've started calculating, like, okay, it'll be here in three to four days. I ordered some last Sunday, so today is the 21st. I ordered it the 13th. And amazingly, it was in Chicago by Tuesday. I was also watching the delivery app and I was like, wow, you made it from Erie, Pennsylvania to Chicago in two days. Like, it's very impressive. You know, you probably have it to me the following day on Wednesday. No updates on Wednesday. On Thursday, it changes facilities. 
changes to a new Chicago facility. And I was like, okay, well, you know, they're getting it, I don't know, maybe close to my house. I think it was actually farther. But I was like, maybe this is just like one step on the chain. No. Friday, no. Saturday, no. Of course, Sunday is Sunday, so still don't have it. And I've never had this take a week before. And I've been out of coffee for like four days. I've just been walking to various coffee shops to get coffee and getting really desperate. Oh, man. Um, And also I order, yeah, I I, I order from this place all the time. This doesn't happen. And then this morning, I went outside for a run and came back and there was a package on the steps. And this is at like 7.30. And there was just a package on the steps (laughs) with my name on it. And I was like, okay, this must be it. And then in a cruel twist of irony, I looked at it and it said right on it, two-day shipping. Mm. (laughs) I was like, this is the two-day shipping that takes eight days that I was unaware of. Exactly. Uh, So... Uh, my gripe is not anything in particular. I think that probably the post office is kind of overwhelmed. But okay, like, I could see if you took an extra day, but you took literally four times as long as the paid-for shipping. Like, that right. is just borderline useless. Yep, yep. The post office, yeah. they. I have not been impressed with their work, but nor have I been impressed with the work of FedEx and UPS. So no. I really can't say anything good about anyone involved. No. They're all been... I mean, yeah. I've had better experience with some than others. FedEx has, has consistently been the worst in my experience with this pulling this kind of stuff where at my old apartment in Cincinnati, we used to get um, notifications on our door. So it would say, this is an apartment building, right? So of course you can't get into the actual apartment without a key. And that's standard. So how do you not understand this as a delivery? So rather than knocking or calling me, um, they decide to leave like I know, they base, just leave the equivalent a of a, yeah. of a post-it insane. note and it oh. says we couldn't deliver today. So we'll try again tomorrow, which I'm like, how will the results be any different? It's tomorrow? never going to be open. Exactly. Yeah, period. I know. I know. So it, it, when it, I lived in an apartment building, I lost my mind over this. So that's what I'm at in right now. But the thing that's different about this apartment building is there is a really like, I guess you would call it a breezeway of some kind. I don't know. It's not a lobby, but it's like a small area between the actual apartment like foyer. and yeah, foyer and So you can leave a package there or you can like get in there and then there's a buzzer system that's clear, like prominent on the wall. You see the mailboxes there, there. My name is listed on the mailbox exactly like as if the package wasn't enough. If you got confused somehow, like you would see my name, like I'm flabbergasted. I'm just like frustrated too. Like one thing that comes to mind is like what form of recourse do consumers have in this, uh, for this service. I know. If you miss the time window, yeah. can I really go back to you and be like, that was unacceptable and I want a partial refund? It does seem like you should be able to. It's like I paid for two-day shipping in some cases. <laughs> Where is the two days? Right. Yeah. I actually thought about messaging the coffee shop I buy from being like, you should you know, should give uh, the postal service some trouble because this was useless. I know they're busy, but this is crazy. I uh, I actually have – it's just funny because I know you said early in your story – you know, signatures are good. And I I feel less strongly about signatures being good. I don't really care that much. I've just never experienced much problem with uh, theft from people's porches. But I hear that it's a thing. So sure, I will acknowledge that. But in a funny twist, I recently had, and I actually don't know the delivery service involved, so I can't make fun of them. It was UPS or FedEx, don't recall. I had a package coming from work. They were sending me a new laptop. And this is literally the most expensive thing that's ever come in the mail to me. It's a $3,000 laptop. And it said signature required, and it gave me a delivery window. And so, of course, I stayed home all day because I was like, I don't want to miss this. I need the new laptop. And stayed home all day, all day, all day. Kept checking the app. No updates, no updates. Um, 
And at 3 p.m., I had to go out on the front porch to get something. And the laptop was just sitting on the front porch. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in a box, obviously. But I was like, of all the things I've ever ordered, if there were one that needed a signature, it was this. I've ordered tons of things that were like $50, and they've insisted on seeing me for a signature. But this one that can just be left on the porch. I know it's not the same people, but it's just so annoying. Yes, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. If it says signature required... Better be a signature. I better involve a signature from me. And that just le- that just sets up a different level of expectation to as for me as the receiver of the package. Like, I'm going to structure my entire day around receiving this package. Yep. So to find it just sitting on the porch, it's a weird mix of feelings of, like, frustration, but also, like, I'm glad I got the package. So relief and enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> like, I am in this weird... <laughs> weird uh place right now where i'm like constantly i'm like wondering like, am i gonna miss this package again am i gonna miss an actual delivery <laughs> attempt while i'm on the phone with you <laughs> like do yeah. i need to open the blinds that are in front of me so that i can see outside to the front street to see if there's a fedex vehicle <laughs> that stops in front camera. of my apartment like i'm halfway tempted to actually get up <gasps> yeah. and do that just and like yeah i don't know i'm irritated and just upset with shipping in general i guess package delivery me too me too and there is such limited recourse it's so frustrating yeah i mean it really feels like if you miss the mark by more than a day or maybe two at most it's like i need a form of recourse here i would have ordered the slower shipping if i knew you weren't gonna get it here in two days that was the whole reason behind the two days Well, honestly like if consumers had direct control over the relationship, it, things would be a lot different because it would also not be accepted that you can't tell them when it's coming. Yep. It's kind of like when they give you a couch delivery and it's like, it'll be here anytime in the first four hours of the day, except it's not even four hours. It's like 12 hours. Could be there between seven and seven pretty much. Right. And you get no clues about it during the day and you're expected to be there to sign for it. And it happens all the time. It's not like getting a couch delivered that happens once every three years. It's instead something that you probably have once a month. Yes. It just, this would not happen if you had some more direct control over the merchant. Not the merchant, the deliverer. Yeah, agreed. So I certainly will not be using FedEx if I can avoid it uh, in the future. That was Uh, Your other options are also bad. Yeah, it's true. But I hope, I would hope the bar is is high enough in that they wouldn't, wouldn't fake a delivery and stay and say that I wasn't home. Like of all the times to try to even state that we're not home, right? Like I've spent more time in my house yeah, exactly. <laughs> than I ever have before for good reason. I am an expert on being at home. <laughs> yes, I'm always home, always home. And you're going to claim I missed the delivery because I wasn't home. <laughs> That's absurd. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That is absurd. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, for one, am happy with the entrance of Greg's gripes into the show. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'll have to be, like, thoughtful and consider what the next gripe will be. This is a doozy. This is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> this was a doozy. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my blinds because I'm, uh, okay. I'm obsessive. I have to. So I'll be right back. Yeah, I got to be ready. Okay, I'm back. So I can, like, see outside right. now, but my <clears> computer <throat> monitor encroaches on my like direct view of exactly where i think the truck will arrive so i'm gonna push it down a little bit okay <laughs> you gotta, so you am i obsessing to give in from either side <laughs> am i obsessing yeah. enough you think <laughs> 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 like i know this is all so crazy but i'm 
I'm ho- like no, I've been in the same spot. I remember yeah. when I ordered a new TV, I had the same thing happen, and I they missed it one day, and then they missed it the next day, and I was like, I'm gonna live in an apartment every day. I will always live in this apartment building. You will never get into the foyer. And eventually, I just drove to the UPS store and just like picked it up myself. Yeah. Yeah. If they miss today, then I'm gonna take the step to get them to hold the package at a facility, and I will come and get it. Um, yeah, I think that's really the only reliable method. Yeah. I mean, I know FedEx has delivered to this apartment before, but pe- not on packages that required a signature. They just left them in the foyer. So they're not going to do that. And, you know, why can't I just track the truck via GPS? Like, I know you have I a know, GPS so on it. I don't understand. <laughs> it seems a very simple update. Uh, Amazon doesn't let you do that on their own delivery vehicles. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. Let's transition right. to more important Moving topics. On from Greg's gripes. Well, debatable, but I want to give a final update on my my yearly theme of 2020. So just just as a review, since what we're going to talk about mostly today is yearly themes, um, I started doing seasonal themes back in 2019. And I forget if I did two or three, but I started pretty broad and then I narrowed it down and narrowed it down. And then finally, my final season, I guess probably I did three. Um, by the final season, I was down to just the season of health and fitness and even that season. So a quarter of 2019 was devoted to just health and fitness. And I felt that I did not change habits enough. I didn't really make progress and I knew I needed a whole year for it. So 2020 became the year of health and fitness and I didn't really have concrete plans. That was a mistake. I think I didn't think enough about what did that need to mean? How much was I willing to shift things for the first, this is my review of the year basically now for the first six months of 2020, I felt that. I really didn't make concrete changes. I was like, yeah, this is the year of health and fitness. Think about it. It's the year of health and fitness. <laughs> but I didn't do anything different. Um, and I didn't make sacrifices that I probably needed to to actually enact those things. Um, but through a combination of like big life changes, some of which include coronavirus um, and being stuck at home, it was just like an easy time for behavior change this summer. And so I shifted a lot. I cleared a lot of my schedule. As we talked about at one point on a past episode, I cleared a lot of the extra stuff that I get involved in. And I was like, no, workouts every day, serious workouts, track food every day. And I've been more and less diligent about it, but definitely far better over the last six months than I ever have been in my life. I would say in the last month, I've uh, I've faded. <laughs> I, I got uh, lazy about P90X and took a week off, and then I restarted it, and then I did that for another two weeks. And then uh, recently, I've just been like, no, I, I need a break from P90X. I'm just like, it. I, I dread it too much. There's a couple workouts that I dislike enough that it makes me push them off. And then I skip the whole day. And then I am out of the whole P90X routine. But I think I've learned I just need something new. So I'm very excited for Apple Fitness Plus. I'm probably going to get it over Christmas. And that's going to be the new thing. And I just want to make it into a routine. I want to get a little more diligent about meal tracking again, which I was really good about for a few months and then on and off recently. But I think overall, I found I know I now know more about how I can actually improve health and fitness, and I think enough of it has been embedded in the habits that I'm ready to move on. It has taken a huge amount of my energy, um, and I'm not willing to put aside all that energy next year again. It's not going to be another year of health and fitness. I need to find a way to put health and fitness on the back burner without dying. Um, so I'm optimistic <laughs> about that, but we will see. Yeah, I've actually been testing that out in the last uh, two weeks or so where I've been trying to move it to the back burner and do other things and see how much of my habits stay. Some have, some haven't. I think I'll, I'll still have to keep that on my mind a little bit, but 
going forward, that won't be the theme. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's sort of like my review of the whole year. Uh, the first time I've ever done a yearly theme, and it was a long time, and the first half was kind of wasted. Second half was quite productive. But probably just as importantly as doing better at health and fitness, I know a little bit more about what does it take to succeed at a theme and how much stuff might need to be cleared and how you actually need to sacrifice other things, which I just wasn't willing to do until I repeatedly banged my head against the wall for months and months. Yeah, that's the year of health and fitness for me. Um, Just about done. Very glad to have very glad not to feel the weight of it on my shoulders all the time and have something new. Okay. Okay. That's a really helpful update. I've said this before, but I think that one of the real challenges with a theme is how do you move it? How do you incorporate it into your daily life without it being your primary focus? And health is a big one Mm -hmm. that that's particularly challenging to do. So, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing like what this year's theme is going to be and how is it at all related if, if it is to what this, what your past 2020 year theme was, I guess I can give a brief update on my theme. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, my theme was exploration, but truthfully I did not put the time, energy, effort into really focusing on what that meant and, and how, I should have to change my behaviors to improve in that area. So the idea was like I wanted to explore new areas of study and learn things. And I did do that. Um, But I did a lot more exploring of other things that were in pursuit of leisure and entertainment, which were still really great. Um, I think a few mistakes I made as a bit unrealistic with myself where I came out of uh, a graduate school program and directly into what I wanted to be a season of exploring new topics, but that was really, I wasn't mm-hmm. being honest with myself. Like I needed more time to recuperate. And because I did, it wasn't honest. It ended yeah. up becoming like a half hearted effort um, that I didn't really achieve exactly what I was thought I wanted to. So that theme is not dead. It is transforming for this year's theme. And, and I will say that I've been thinking about themes seasonal themes on and off for a year, maybe a year and a half or something, not similar to amount of time as you. Uh, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever given it the real thought and effort that it requires to be successful. Uh, and as I reflected before, you know, as I was thinking about what I want this next year's theme to be or next season's theme to be, that was a realization I made uh, pretty early on, like, if I'm going to do this, it requires a lot more attention than I've ever given it. So uh, I think that this time mm. I'm, I'm more prepared mentally than I was in the past. So that's a, at least a good first, first step. Yeah, definitely. I think, that that's, um, uh, I think that that's actually kind of necessary to do a theme well. Like I feel that because I kept failing at the original seasonal themes, that's the only reason. And even for the first half of this year. That's the only reason that I finally was able to convince myself that, like, you have to choose one. Because I just had a hard time letting things go. I really wanted all this other stuff in my life, too. But eventually, it was like, no, you're just not going. If you want both health and fitness and these other things, you 
just have to choose one. You, if you try both, you will fail at both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think getting that practice and like starting to realize that is the only way you really start to focus. Yeah. Yeah. So should we get into it? Should we start yeah. sharing with each other what our... I think we should. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you like to go first or me? You can go first. Okay. I haven't thought much about uh, what the, the optimal format for sharing is, so I will just basically read my notes. I, I put together a short doc on um, what I chose, why, some ideas I have for what I'll be doing that year, and then some things that I discarded as possible ideas that I didn't actually go with. Um, so, in 2021, quarter one, I will be embarking... Well, actually, I'm going to step back for a second. I don't love the idea of the season of something because it doesn't line up with quarters of the year. You know, it's not winter, you know? I'm not doing this over winter. I'm doing this January to March. Q1. This is Q1. Okay. So this is, I guess, the quarter. (laughs) The quarter or the season of mood. So this is so not me. I cannot believe that I'm doing this. Past Ethan would have rolled his eyes so hard, he just passed out, I think. But (laughs) this is indeed the quarter of mood. Um, So... I I wrote a couple paragraphs just for my future self to look back on why, but um, basically what it comes down to is I think I have been much more aware recently of how impacted I am by my mood, both in terms of like productivity and general life satisfaction, which is in some sense mood itself. Um, But basically like how core mood is to a lot of my life. Um, I'm not sure mood is exactly the right word for some of the end results I care about. So like energy levels, I think are important. And I consider the idea of the year or the season of energy. Um, But that's just one manifestation of it, really, where I am, I am starting to think more about how are things like energy levels affected by how I feel? And how can I affect how I feel? Um, And specifically, I think that I have felt a lot worse the last four or five months, maybe more than I remember historically, I think always ups and downs. But recently, just like much more of feeling in a rut. And that doesn't square with historically how I've generally felt. Like that wouldn't be what I would consider my default level uh, of mood. And I've had still like good times and bad times. But I think that having that be my baseline is not ideal. But what I also have noticed is that there are a lot, a lot, lot, lot of switches that I can twist to affect that. So there are some things that are impacting my mood for sure that I don't have control over. Um... Some examples are being stuck at home and not seeing people very much and um, the short days and bad weather that, especially recently, I think, has exacerbated the problem. But there are a lot of things that I can control and almost through random chance, I have noticed that over the last few months where they make a big difference, where they'll make like a whole difference for a whole day or multiple days. Um, And I'm trying to be more thoughtful about that. So basically... What I want to do is think more about what those things are and turn those knobs and flip those levers and pay attention to the results. Now, I'm not sure if that means I need to do like some kind of tracking of my mood based on all these things that I can change, but some of them are easy and I already know the answer. So I I mentioned how I was trying to put fitness on the back burner a little bit. Specifically, one thing I've done that I've noticed makes an enormous difference is I have to work out in the morning because if I don't, All day, this guilt sits on my shoulders of not having worked out yet, and it kills me. And it's just like, oh no, later today I have to work out, and I'm going to keep procrastinating and doing other things, and eventually it'll be like, you have to work out now, and if I choose not to, then I will feel like I wasted a day and feel horrible. And if I choose to do so, it's just late in the day and it's a drag and I don't like to do it. 
So instead, I've been trying to work out in the morning, an hour after I get up, and not force myself to like kill myself. It can't be something I dread. It's just got to be a thing that I do. And then after that, all day I feel way better. And that has been like the first step. Um, so that is that is what I've done so far, mostly the fitness thing. Um, but I have some other things that I might tackle. I might try uh, meditation again, which I failed at phenomenally the first time I tried. Not optimistic about that. I think that's not uh, not exactly for me, but I want to give these things a try. Um, make more effort on home decor. Again, not really me, but I think that it does help to have like a space that feels more homey, and I have not put much effort into that. I can't believe I did this, but I ordered some plants. I now own six tiny plants. I don't really like them, but I have scattered them <laughs> apart my, uh, across my apartment, as one should. Um, get rid of junk. So I have a habit of feeling like I need to wear things out or use things up before I throw them away. But at some point there's just too many things I need to, you know, cut the cord. Gotta go. Gotta go. I have this toaster oven that's been sitting in a closet and it's like, yes, I might need it again, but that's insane. I need to just sell it on Craigslist. I've been meaning to sell it on Craigslist for a long time, but I need to just do it. That's gotta be a task and get out of my apartment. Um, and along with that, keeping surfaces clear, not having clutter. I don't like that. I realize that seems to have an impact. Um, and then the last thing I wrote down, which I mentioned before was doing some more journaling about mood and seeing how I can, how I can connect the dots. Mm -hmm. So right now this is a season, um, I'm going to give it three months. And then after that reassess, does it deserve another quarter? Does it deserve a full year? Um, I haven't decided yet. So that's my theme. So open to any thoughts. Okay. My first question is, on the tracking, do you have mm -hmm. an idea of how you're going to track your mood? And so this is, this is we'll get to it more when we talk about my theme, but it's something I struggle with when I try to plan or envision any theme. It's striking the balance between precision and flexibility. So what mm -hmm. I mean by that is, when I often set a theme underlying the theme are associated goals to mm. achieve whatever the ultimate outcome of the theme is. So for you, it would be improved mood, perhaps maybe more balance in your mood, right? Like, so the underlying goal of the theme of, of your mood is to avoid being in a bad mood and have consistently better, like consistent good mood throughout, throughout your week in your life. That may, so I might be interpreting that incorrectly, so correct me there if I'm wrong. If that is the goal, how do you have a way of understanding if you're actually getting closer to achieving it is my real question. Interesting. Okay, so I need to think about that. Um, I would say that's not exactly the goal, but even okay. – even, I'll come back to it. But even um, ignoring that, I don't think a lot about specific goals for my themes okay um i didn't last year with health and fitness mostly because to me it feels like i know when i've made progress but it, it's not part of the point of the theme is to figure out how to make progress and where to make progress um and that's where you said like tracking i think that's part of the theme i need to figure out what kind of tracking is useful i don't want to commit myself to tracking i don't need um and i know that setting that as part of the goal well it'll just be either something that works great or that works great and i'll stick with or I will hate it and then drop it off and it'll feel like I missed out on part of doing the theme. So I want to figure out, do I need to do journaling? Do I need to just like keep a calendar of, of the way I handle each day or something? Right. And I'm open to any of those, but I think that the experimentation of the tracking is part of it. It's part of your theme. That's how I'm thinking about it. 
Um, I think that's probably a better way to approach it versus having it all predefined beforehand, which makes sense. I think it really depends. Um, I I like this way, but I could imagine cases where more specifically goal-oriented approaches work. I'll say part of the complication of this one is there's a couple different things that's going on, and I chose the word mood because it is as concise as I can get while still capturing the whole ecosystem of things that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about the words awareness or introspection because a lot of it isn't just improving the mood, it's understanding how these things are connected. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like where you think of economists um, working at like the Fed having all these different levers they can flip to affect the economy. Maybe the, the Fed is a bad example. They really don't have that many at the Fed specifically. But you just think of like policy has a lot of ways to affect the economy, but nobody totally understands what different things do, but they have general ideas and theories. I would like to... Uh, experiment and update my theories on how these things are connected. I want to right. know better how the switches affect the final product. And I also want to know how the mood affects my energy levels. I have a good idea of it, but I need to understand that a little better. That makes sense. So the goal really is around gaining an understanding of what mechanisms you have available to you and how they affect your mood. Things within your yes. control and outside your control and how they affect your mood and ultimately your energy level. I still think at the the core, there's something around mood improvement. Like Definitely. Understanding yeah. how your mood gets, how you move from one one state to another and what mechanisms were in play there is very helpful, but it's ultimately helpful to understanding how do you intervene and... Yep course correct and get to having a better disposition more consistent mood in general yep i agree i think part of the reason though that i prioritize the understanding although both are uh, both are on my mind but the understanding is a little bit more important to me because what i want to understand is the equivalent of like low-hanging fruit yeah uh, because there's going to be a lot of cases where I get busier in my life and I need to know what are the things I need to keep and the things that I don't. And like, what are the most valuable things for the time put into them? Right. And as I said, with fitness, like fitness is an hour. I just need to knock out in the morning that has a massive impact on the rest of my day and really enhances my productivity and is something I probably would do anyway. So something like that is really high value where, um, I find that there are other things I know I can do to improve my mood, but there are a lot more work. And is the benefit, you know, like I need to be able to weigh those things. And I could put in a lot of effort for the next three months trying to do those things, but that would not be useful. That would be like a totally unsustainable approach. So I need to understand some things better. Yeah, you have a ton of background noise. Yeah. Okay, so I turn it off. Hopefully the fan will actually shut off momentarily. Okay. Okay. Well... So that's my theme for the year, I think, or for the season, rather. I think that probably I will, uh, this is much more open than my last one, and I will probably be still figuring out, like, what are the things on the list that I want to be working on in ways that I I didn't this last year. So probably we'll have some updates in the next few episodes. Yeah, well, I look forward to those. It's definitely a worthwhile area of focus. It's not one that I've Mm -hmm. spent time, like, really thinking through what impact external stimulus ha- stimuli have on my mood. Did mm. I say that right? Is that the plural of st- stimulus? So. Stimuli? <laughs> yeah. 
Anyways, yeah. So I think it's worthwhile. I think that your focus on finding what you described as that low-hanging fruit is really beneficial. Like, what are the small things you can tweak in your life that you know have a really large benefit to improving your mood? Um, mm. And you've already found one. It's the workout in the morning. That resonates with me. Uh, I get that feeling of throughout the day, if you haven't yet worked out, you're like, oh, I really need to. It sort of hangs over you. It looms over you. And that really, I think, does have a negative effect on your mood. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing about how the exploration goes and, like, what you find to be um, the most useful levers uh, in your life. Yeah. One last thing I'll throw in. I mean, I look forward to figuring it out also. Um, One last thing I throw in, though, is... Um, I think one thing I talked about in the year of health and fitness was I hope that by putting more time into this, uh, I don't get like, it doesn't feel like I have less time because I get more productive from feeling good from the workouts. But actually that's sort of like, that's really about mood. Like that's part of the focus here where I was, I don't think I did over the last year. I felt good, but I don't think I, uh, got more done or like felt more energetic because often it was hanging over my head and that weight was bad. Yeah. Um, so just generally the year of, or the season of mood is about what are the things that do give me more energy? And that means, yes, maybe health and fitness are part of that, but just lots of things do give me more energy to do stuff the rest of my time. And so putting a little more time into, uh, keeping surfaces clear in my apartment and working out in the morning actually does not take away from my total energy level to do things during the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And I think, too, the, the things you have identified already, even if you find them to not be perhaps the most beneficial levers, like they're just good things, like keeping things tidy, orderly, surfaces clear, getting rid of old junk. These are things mm-hmm. I think many yeah. of us struggle with, like keep maintain, like doing a good job of staying on top of. I know I have random crap in my closets that I would be better without and would, all, would yeah. just feel better without if it wasn't actually in here. Um, so at the, at the end of the day, I think that what you're going to focus on in the, in the short term is going to be beneficial. And, and over the quarter, I think you're going to learn, learn a lot as you focus on this mood is an interesting one really. And it certainly is outside of your character. I, I, I don't think I, <laughs> you're like, you mentioned already at the top, like I, I, I would not have guessed that that would be, that would be the theme for this, for the first quarter. Me neither. yeah yeah we'll see how it goes okay so i can uh, share now what my theme is going to be my seasonal theme is excellent well i'll start by saying i i'm not sure how long it's going to last i think it's very likely it'll last all of 2021 that wouldn't surprise me at all yeah um and my theme has some levels to it that i'll have to start to break down so the theme is the it is the season of health. Okay. So it's obviously related to the theme that you just uh, mm-hmm. finished up. And um, the idea here is I want to focus on improving my health in a number of different ways. So there are three core ways I want to focus or areas I want to focus on. And maybe that will expand as the year goes on. But the first and most important is physical health. So we've talked about it on the podcast before. um, But 2020 has been a challenging year for my physical health. 
Uh, it was challenging at the beginning of the year, uh, given time constraints and energy levels, because I was handling going to school. And then mm-hmm. the pandemic hit, uh, which made things, you know, presented unique challenges on how do you exercise without have, being able to go to a physical gym? What can you do in your apartment? What can you do in your neighborhood? And I really didn't do a great job, I think, of identifying and acting against and testing out new ideas um, because it just wasn't, it was something sort of in the background. Like I wasn't giving it the attention it deserved um, and sort of thought, oh, I'll just figure it out as I go versus being very intentional and saying, no, I need to be on top of this. I need to really find a routine that helps me. So uh, that brings us to now. As I look into 2021, this is an area that has to be a focus of mine um, because I'm just not in a good place with my physical health. So I need to get back into a workout routine. I need to watch and track my diet more closely. And these things have been coming together, I think, over the last couple of months for me. Mm -hmm. Like I've already started to pick up these things um, and know that it needs to be an area that I put my time and attention into. So it was really a natural fit to say like, okay, this season needs to be the season of health. My theme needs to be about health. It just makes sense about where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good uh, feeling when it's it's clear like all of your inclinations and what you think is important are leading you in one direction. It makes it much right. easier. You're right. It is a bit of a cliche theme, right? Like health is is what a lot of people will focus on, whether they're doing a theme or they're doing a New Year's type of resolution like health is, is going to be up there, but that doesn't mean it isn't important. Yeah, but for good reason. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the first the first sub theme, I guess you would say, is like the physical health, and that is most definitely the the most important of mm. underneath the umbrella of health. So the second is intellectual health. So this mm. is a continuation of where I was with the season of exploration. Uh, but a sort of maybe just a rebranding, right? And and also yeah. less uh, focus on it compared to the physical health. The idea just being that uh, I know my personality. I know what makes me feel accomplished and fulfilled is learning new things and engaging in new activities. Um, mm-hmm. Mental, you know, mental stimulus new subject matter, it just really, it just clicks well with my personality. So what I, and, I, and I know this about myself. So I want to focus on, make that a real focus and in, in, as for this season of health, push myself to lean into that more. And I don't like that yeah. phrase, but it's, I guess that's the best one I could come up with is I really want to say, I need to be engaging with new written material I need to mm-hmm. be engaging with new subject matters or going deeper into an area subject that I'm familiar with but could learn a lot more about. Um, I think that will just help me feel in the same way that the physical health will make me feel uh, healthier, better, more energetic. This, those same benefits will come from the intellectual health as well. Mm-hmm. And then the final sub-theme, which is a very passive one, but one I want to keep on my radar for 2021 and just my whole life in general, but that is financial health. So my financial health is like, we're in a good place, but 2021, in 2021, there will be a number of big 
financial decisions that will occur, um, potentially buying property, mm-hmm. getting rid of student loan debt, getting rid of other types of debt, um, and building up retirement and investment savings. So, yeah. uh, so the idea around the financial health is to set a, a set of goals without target dates, but or maybe with vague target dates, and say, I want to accomplish these things in benefit of my financial health by the end of 2021. Mm, okay. Very concrete. You're saying you'll yes. like set specific goals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think I will set specific goals. And the reason I think a specific goal works at that financial and the financial uh, mm-hmm. sub sub theme versus health or intellect is uh, because it's it's quite passive. This isn't something that it requires my daily time and attention. Yeah. Uh, it's more. It's a much slower burn, right? It's it's a goal that you make you make small steps towards achieving, um, and in realizing. So I I feel good about saying I will accomplish X within the year of 2021 without mm. it being uh without there being undue pressure uh on me related to that goal because it isn't yeah. something I have to think about every day. If I said to myself I will work out every single day, that would really stress me out and probably mm. hinder my yeah. me achieving anything with my physical health. But saying I will pay off this loan by the end of 2021 doesn't have that quite the same feeling because even if I wanted to focus on that every day, it doesn't, I can't act upon it. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's very wise. I think you're right. So yeah, that's my theme where I'm at right now is I feel really solid that this is the correct theme and the sub themes because there were other areas of health I could have focused on emotional Mm. health, mental health, social health, so on. But I feel really good about these three. And I think maybe the sub-themes will perhaps swap out at some point in the year. So maybe I feel like I've accomplished what I need to with finances and I will switch to another focus area. That's actually what I was going to ask about. Okay, that's really interesting. The one that I don't suspect will be in that is physical. Physical Mm -hmm. health is likely to be something I focus on throughout the entirety of 2021. Yeah. So the 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 place that I'm at now is I'm trying to determine what is the right way for me to track and document my progress on this theme. Mm. I looked into Mike and Gray's seasonal theme journal. It's a physical journal yeah. book. And it just didn't resonate with me. It didn't click with me. It didn't seem like it was going to help me in the ways that I think I, I need to um, track what I'm doing. So I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to find this balance between like f- precision and flexibility. I don't want to say, I don't want to be so precise in outlining exactly how I track things that it becomes a hindrance to me yeah. actually achieving the ultimate goal of improved physical intellectual mm-hmm. and, and it can become a drag and then you don't like pursuing the theme as much that's been my experience right but i also know that if i don't give myself some format some guardrail some constraint that i'm likely to do go in the opposite direction and not 
mm-hmm. uh, not make progress because the goal is so vague that, or the target is so vague that it, it's yeah. ultimately like means it's meaningless. So I think over the next couple weeks before the new year, like that's what I really want to think through and kind of define. I will say a prototype like tracking system. I've started in Notion because mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe it will be able to accommodate me because it is such a flexible platform. You can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. I, I'm I'm thinking it may be a combination of some very realistic and achievable goals accompanied with uh, some like written journaling type of tracking like what went well this week what went poorly what should i change about what should i change in my routine going into next week to get better results Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's interesting i think that theme makes a lot of sense it's very ambitious but i think the way you said you're probably going to change which one is top of mind which sub theme is top of mind makes a lot of sense with it did you say how long you're expecting it to be for i know you said it might be for all of 2020 but are you setting like a minimum amount of time definitely half the year i would i I think feels realistic to me okay i think there's just a lot of work uh for me to do so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure a quarter is long enough and and that's also part of the motivation of like having a multi-tiered theme like it's all it all ties together with the concept of health but if i was only focusing on physical health that for an entire year i don't think that could sustain me i i need some other things to focus on it and and work against and consider achievements you know yep so and it and it may help too cuz like as you pointed out with with wrapping up your 2021 theme like your motivations and how well you're working against the goal it waxes and it wanes like it just changes a little bit over time but with having both physical and intellectual health as a part of my theme maybe things are going so well in the intellectual but it could be going really well with the physical and vice versa so it's not like i'm not putting all my eggs in one basket Mm. you know yeah that makes sense Mm mm-hmm you know, I could see the counterpoint of like, well, that, you know, that's not a benefit. That's a bug. Like that's a not, <laughs> you should focus on one thing. So we'll see. We'll see a lot of, yeah. I'm kicking around a lot of ideas. And that's why I mentioned before we even started recording that I think this will be like a two part uh, mm-hmm. topic for us. Like, I think that the next time we, we talk, I will have updates in and about how I think about tracking it. And what will my, how will my daily routines actually change? Cause I'm already, I've already identified that morning workouts really work well for me as well. So I'm, and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, what does a morning workout look like in my apartment? And do I have all the things I might need to do that? And do I have enough variability? Do I have enough, uh, like resources to keep, um, very, like have a varied workout schedule versus doing the same Mm -hmm. thing all the time? So I've looked into the Apple Fitness. I'm thinking I might pick, you know, grab that. Uh, Me too. <laughs> um, and there are other things too. I almost I almost pulled the trigger on a set of adjustable dumbbells. Uh, I may still do that. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have, I need to think through. Yeah. 
uh, some of the more finer details. But yeah, that's my theme. I think that's good. Yeah, no, you set the theme and then part of the theme is figuring out where to go with it. So yeah, I think that sounds like a great one. Um, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of things in there. I hope, I hope you have success (laughs) with all of them. Um, but I think, yeah, just be realistic about how much you'll get done. Right. That's the key is always maintaining realistic expectations Yeah. because you don't want to encounter that feeling of guilt and failure over something that was unachievable in the first place. But it's really easy to do when you start talking about these. And that's why new year's resolutions don't really work. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for our, I don't know, probably whatever episode we end up doing in the middle of January, we will have our first updates on this because I, I really don't know where mine's going to go. I've, I think we both, it sounds like have started a little bit of the work on actually implementing the theme already. Right. Um, right. So by that time, maybe we will have some real updates. Yeah. And I think my first lesson on the theme is if you want to be able to coordinate with starting it in earnest at the beginning of the year, you have to start like two months ago in terms of thinking about it. Like yeah. Mike and Gray released an episode of their podcast, uh, I guess like a week ago on their seasonal mm-hmm. themes, but they're all very well thought out and considered yeah. and they have like more concrete plans underlying their themes and what they want to achieve. Uh, so it's certainly not something they just thought of like the week before, which is where I'm at. Like it has been kicking around in my mind, yeah. but I have not given it serious consideration uh, until the last maybe week and a half or so. Um, and I, I think I've places you on that. Yeah. yeah. And I think I've gained a lot of clarity, but there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. I actually, I don't like the way they do it. So for anybody who's listening and isn't familiar with the podcast cortex cortex, that's what Greg and I are referring to. And that's where we got the seasonal themes slash yearly themes idea from. Um, but I actually think that theirs are too planned out because that would detract too much from your current theme. Like I don't want to already be done with my 2020 theme. Um, I definitely have started shifting, but the amount of time it takes for planning also should require some experimentation. And I'm not ready to start experimenting with a new theme until I'm done with the old theme. I mean, maybe my theme for next year is especially oriented towards that approach, but I just need to try these things before I really know what I'm going to stick with and what my goals are. Yeah. I think that they have the benefit of years of experience. So I think they said they've been doing it since 2015 or 2016. So they've been doing it for a while. So I think they already know what works for them in a way that we're both trying to still figure out. Mm -hmm. Maybe so. A lot of it is figuring out yourself. But I also think that you just change over time. Like I see that with myself just over the last couple of years, what works for me is very different now than it used to be. Yeah. No, I agree with that too. And I imagine that's, you know, true for them as well. So I... I'm sure they do update their tracking systems and, and what, how they follow up on their themes and, and how do they know if they've made progress. Mm. To me, their their theme journal is a real interesting one where I'm surprised it works for CPG Gray, but it does. He, he uses it, but it is quite, it, it's more of a canvas than it is like a system. They call it a system. But it's mostly a blank okay. journal in which you define what different sections mean and what you want to track and record. Hmm. Yeah, I know. See, so that's I how I would imagine it myself. So you yeah, think, would, no, you think it needs to be specific questions or something? Not necessarily. What, 
But I guess I would say, like, check out his YouTube video. He just released a YouTube video that mm-hmm. shows him with the physical book and how he, the physical yeah, journal I've seen and how it, okay. So, in terms of my own tracking and what I, and I think, you know, maybe Gray once upon a time did track closer to this and has just grown over time to know that doesn't work. But to me, it's hard for me to just have like a section that says, how did you feel today? And what went well and what went poorly? And what's one thing you need to do today for today to be a success? That doesn't feel, I think it's beneficial, but I don't think it's enough for me to Hmm. be able to track my theme, my progress on my theme. So I think I think where mine might go is it's something a sort of a hybrid of not daily reflect, reflections but maybe weekly and mm-hmm. within it there's both quantitative and qualitative uh data collected. So mm-hmm. the quantitative would be how many workouts did I actually do this week and how many days did I accurately record my calories? And then the qualitative would be, you know, what what worked well and what didn't. Mm-hmm. And what barriers do you, if I didn't have great performance on the tracking of my exercise and diet, what was it a, about the week that, that prevented me from doing that? And yeah. so my system isn't like totally separate. Like it isn't such a, it's not the, an opposite of what this system theme journal is. It's yeah. it's just a little I think about it a little differently, I guess, than they do. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think daily is way too much. We're, I don't I don't think it would be effective. I guess if I were to lay out a daily tracking system, it would look a lot like that one, but I agree with you the weekly is better. I already do a weekly review. I I sometimes I do it each week, sometimes I wait two weeks between. Mm-hmm. But in there I do talk a lot about how it's not really like labeled, but qualitatively, I talk a lot about health and fitness for this year. Personally, I don't, this is weird for me, but I don't like the quantitative metrics. Um, I find that I get too You don't up think on that them. they tell you enough or are they, sorry, I think go ahead. I get, I, I just get too attached to them and especially they make it worse when you regress. I find it so frustrating to see myself regress in anything. So it actually has like a weird effect where if I, you know, if I had a week where I worked out every day, then the next week, there's no way I'm going to, I mean, I might achieve it the next week, but at some point I'm going to have a six day, uh, workout week and I'm going to feel bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and so instead having like a more write about it, discuss what happened and like, was this good or bad? Because I want, it's okay if I write about it and it's like, well, you know, like, there are some pros this week was uh, Christmas with my family. So I did miss two days, but on the other hand, I was like better about still working out the other days than I am most years. And I think I'll be better at getting back on the horse. You know, I, I just feel a lot better writing it out than just doing numbers. And also I get too attached to like constant improvement with numbers. My expectation is always going up. I found that with workout tracking as well, where I was actually tracking weights. And I realized the more I did that, the more I disliked the workouts. And I don't think it was actually making me like more motivated at all. So mm. I, for me, that just doesn't work well. I think this is kind of a part of figuring out what works with your brain. In other things I'm interested, just as like a sort of meta study, but not in things where it's like, am I meeting my goals? Because I think I just get too wrapped up in it. Do you go back and read your written summaries about your week? 
No, (laughs) (laughs) I never do. That's not really what it's for. Um, I now maybe someday I'll change my mind on that. But right now what it's for is forcing myself to actually discuss what it was like, what went well, Mm -hmm. what went badly, what the causes were, how I, how I think that should affect my, uh, plans going forward. It wouldn't hurt to go back and reread it, but that's not really what the point of it is. And I often feel really good after just writing it down. Like I might be frustrated about the week, but just writing it down being like, I'm annoyed about this, but I am glad about this. On the other hand, like, you know, there were things that came up and so I can see why, you know, I made sacrifices in terms of health and fitness towards other things. Um, I actually, yeah, I find it's a lot easier to like give yourself a break and feel like things are still going okay, which to me is important. As soon as I get frustrated that things are going badly, that makes it worse. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I could see the process of writing it out being a sort of like catharsis. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good to try both. I've been a bit hesitant about including the, I've been a bit hesitant about including the quantitative for the reasons you've already pointed out. But I think I need to maybe be realistic with myself and like, versus it saying, how many times did you work out? It's, a more pointed question of did you work out at least three times this week yes no mm-hmm. and maybe that's the right yeah, level that of detail. Is good. yeah i think that is a good one i yeah i have a habit of not doing that of being very precise but maybe precision is the problem yeah i think i think it is because it enables mm-hmm. it just is a stumbling block for when you regress like you pointed out but even if yeah. you i guess seeing like a trend of like, yes, 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 you achieved like these, this thing, this goal you set out for each week, and then a no, maybe that feels a little less bad than seeing like an actual numeric decline. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would, because, yeah, I think it would. I think part of the problem is just, this is just, I know myself really well in this regard. I am obsessed with constantly improving at things, and so I want to be like, this week, you know, whatever the metric was, it was five and last week it was four and the week before it was three and this is great and it's increasing forever and I will eventually be the best at metric X. Yeah. Um, but I actually know because I'll never cap out. I will continuously improve at a constant rate for all of time. Um, and that just sets myself up for disappointment. Definitely with fitness stuff, I've had that. Um, I probably don't see it as much in other things, but I know the curve is going to level off. And so having a sense more of like, this is about building a habit rather than continuous improvement. Right. It's like, can you maintain a level that then after the year is over and the theme is gone, you can keep up? Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a, a good idea, good perspective. Well, I'll have to let you know how it goes. And I also have to do yeah. some work in Notion to like set up a tracking system. I got to say, I've been using been using Notion quite a bit recently just for like random things. I want to give it a try. People are obsessed with it. Uh, I don't know. It just feels kind of gross. It just like doesn't work the way you expect. The way you make new stuff is all weird. Like slashes open a million new options when I just want to say like, you know, a word that has a slash in it. You know, I there's just a lot of stuff. It feels really yeah. non-native. So I'm also getting acclimated to, to Notion, but I did use Notion for my uh, my season uh, notes that I discussed earlier. Okay. Yeah, I have little experience with notion i've put a few things in there and in some ways i do like it i agree it is can be very confusing and it's easy to mess up your documents uh with with a missed keystroke or something uh but 
for what I've used it for up to this point, it's served a really good purpose. But this will be a, a totally new type of, of project in Notion for me. So I might have more to say after this and, and I might have similar feelings. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just think that um, it's quickly becoming the tool where the people who use it are like, every time you present a problem, they're like, you could do that notion. Yeah, notion. Everything could be a notion. Your whole yep. life could be a notion. <laughs> and I find that it's actually not, it's not the best tool for any of these things. And it's not even like the second best tool for any of these things. It's just that it does all the things. Which um, is a which, which is, is good. a benefit. There's some value there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for like integrated notes, but for things like like I would never keep my to dos in there, and I know some people do that or a calendar. It's like that's not where that goes. <laughs> right, I agree with that too. For things like to dos and calendars, I think they're better purpose built tools that you could use. However, yeah. Notion, I think, is hands down the best wiki tool I have found. So if you just want to build a wiki of your life, which is kind of how I've used it, of like documenting different things and just to make sure. It's something I used to put into Doist, but was never quite right. So there are pieces of information that I want to track and just to make sure I don't lose, um, lose. And for example, oh my gosh, a UPS just truck just drove right by. It's, <laughs> Go, Greg, it's not Go. FedEx, but I might chase it down anyways. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Do you know the FedEx man? <laughs> <laughs> you guys drive the same route don't you <laughs> uh, sorry tell him i'm home today yeah tell him i'm home call him you have his number i'm sure <laughs> all the delivery drivers hang out together uh sorry so there's things i track in notion right just like christmas gift ideas things i don't want to lose ideas about stuff um nothing like all that important mm. but i have found it very easy to compile like a Wikipedia, like yeah. not Wikipedia, like, but like a wiki, like, um, set of like pages that track different things and they are connected together when it makes sense. And that has been easier to do in that tool than any other one I've encountered at this point. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I think that I do most of that stuff in Apple notes because I want it to be simpler. I just like the, for one thing, the cursor moves weird in Notion. Like, it just feels really non-native. Weird stuff happens sometimes. It doesn't obey my keyboard commands in the ways I expect with native Mac bindings. Um, mm -hmm. So I like Apple Notes for that. But the one thing Notion is absolutely killer at is journal entries based on a template. So I said I do those weekly reviews. That Notion is the best thing I've worked with by far. They all appear in a list sorted by date. It's like a table. And they are instantiated from a template where I put all the questions and like, you know, topics that I want to address in the review. Then I yep. can update that template over time. I think that is phenomenal. It is so good at that. So yep. I, I will definitely continue using it at least for that. Yeah. I've seen that feature too. The thing that does confuse me sometimes is like that table structure you describe the way that notion to store some of that information can be really, yes, <laughs> confusing for new users so i had a table set up and then i invited mary to modify that table and then pretty quickly we ended up with entries that were like links to pages that were links to more pages like just accidentally putting the wrong thing in the wrong place and then getting rid of it is harder yeah. than i than i think they're like you want to no, delete the whole page like i'm like no notion i want you just to delete the row yeah. i don't even know what i'm doing wrong yeah, I don't really like even... that pages live inside other pages. I could go on. I just think it's weird. There's just I feel like it is inviting uh, 
clutter. It is a clutter machine in some ways. It's just like everything branches out into a million other things. And sometimes yeah. the limitations of a software actually keep you on board. And it's like Notion has no limits, <laughs> literally none. Yeah. And I think too, the, the amount of, of different types of pages that you can select can be quickly overwhelming. Mm. I agree on that point. It's, and it becomes a question of like, do I want this one? Do I want this type of page format or this type of page format? And there have been times where I'm like, what is even the difference between these two? And they seem indistinguishable, See, yet they're pages. different light. Of- <laughs> I haven't moved Keep on to simple. the next step of my journey with special pages. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. All right. Well, we knocked out yearly themes and didn't take as long as I thought it would be. Um, so I would say this was a big success. Agreed. I look forward to following up. Yeah, yeah. Me too. All right. Nicely done, Greg. Yep. Great job.